It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Botter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. This is the Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams, and it is Tuesday as I record about 10 a.m. Pacific time. So sorry for getting this out late to you guys, but I wanted to make sure I got a podcast up today. We are just a few days away from the NFL draft, which starts on Thursday. We've got Jake Ellenbogen tomorrow to break down further into the draft. We are now down to the nitty-gritty of guesses, concerns, comments, all of our feelings about this draft. Do we trade down? Do we trade up? Do we stay at 31? There is no true understanding of what the Rams are planning to do yet. A lot of attention near the top of the draft with number one and Kyler Murray. Is he going to go to Arizona? What are the 49ers going to do? I gave you a little tease in our last episode to the NFL draft, mock draft that we did on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Don't forget, you guys can check us out on the new streaming app, Himalaya. Go check it out. Download it. Great place to find all of your Lockdown Podcasts. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the standard stuff. But Himalaya is new and fresh, and we are loving it here on the network, so check them out. Also, I gave you a tease of that uh, draft special we did. Go back and check it out. Lockdown NFL with Matt Williamson. Brian Peacock from Lockdown 49ers joined him. It was really awesome. I'm going to give you a little bit more of a taste of that today. If you guys didn't get a chance to listen, I'm going to play what the Seahawks did with their pick as well as what we did at number 31 with the Rams. So give you a little taste of that, but go check out the full episode. It was awesome. Full week, five episodes. We went through the whole Mock draft had some good trades, had some interesting picks. Just another thing that the network is doing, your team, every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So we'll get to some draft stuff today, and we'll get to some, maybe some drama in LA. We'll talk a little bit about some things that I saw on social media that uh, had a little bit cause for concern, as well as a look back to last year. We heard from Andrew Whitworth in an interview recently, and he talked about what the difference was and when did he really figure out that this team was a team. And we'll take a peek into what he had to say, which is always great to hear from the leaders on the team. And then we'll close out the show with a little bit of some draft talk kind of leading us into tomorrow's episode about what this 2019 draft holds for the Los Angeles Rams. Again, make sure to go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Lockdown Rams on all accounts. LA underscore Rambling Bear is my personal account on Twitter. Reach out to us. Also, if you don't have any of those social medias, hit us up on Gmail, LockdownRams at gmail.com. Always appreciate your feedback, questions, comments, concerns. So reach out if you're feeling it. And if not, just keep listening, man. We're going to start doing some giveaways here soon. I know I've mentioned that a couple times, just trying to get some things organized, get some things together, and we'll start getting creative and get some more uh, things your way. All right, let's get this thing rolling. Talked to you earlier about some drama that I'm kind of feeling in LA, and I wanted to share it with you guys. And maybe I'm looking into this too much, but uh, I'll start with some of the negative side. Then in the next segment, we'll talk about some of the positives uh, that are coming out of this team. But this thing, this kind of got me a little worried 
Akib Tlaib was holding a camp, a football camp, in which he was going to have four NFL stars come and join him. And he's been promoting it pretty hard on social media. And he's done this in years past. And he came on to Twitter and Instagram yesterday and made an announcement it wasn't happening again. I'll just play the clip because it's pretty short. And then we'll talk about it afterwards. Here's Akib Tlaib talking about his camp and it being canceled. Dallas, Texas. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this year's Pro Way camp is canceled. Due to a couple boys canceling on me at the last minute, not being men of their words, uh, I have to cancel on you guys. If I can't be a man of my word and deliver the guys who I said would be here, then I just cancel the whole thing. Uh, with that being said, if you already paid, you will be reimbursed. Uh, Chris Harris Jr., Byron Jones, I want to thank you guys. Stand up, guys. Y'all are men of y'all words. Uh, Vault Aviation, Ben Abbott and Associates, K104, Raising Canes. I want to thank y'all for being part of the camp. And that we will run this thing back and continue to be the best camp in Dallas. I appreciate it. Okay, so like I said before, I may be looking a little bit too much into this, but Akib Tlaib basically said a few guys bailed on him last minute, which put him in the situation to cancel the camp. He didn't want to promise people that weren't going to show up. And he said they were not being a man of their word. And he went on to thank Chris Harris Jr. and Byron Jones for being a man of their word. Uh, when you go back and look at who the guys were that didn't show up, that canceled on last minute, Antonio Brown and our own Todd Gurley. And the reason why I start to feel like, oh, I don't like this. This is kind of a weird feeling going to camp. And maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion. But we came together so much as a team last year. And there was so much unity from top to bottom, from the very beginning to the very end. And maybe this thing blows over by the time everyone gets into camp. But... When someone on your own team makes you look bad like that and you have to cancel camp and then to go on to basically say he's not a man of his word, those aren't fun words in the locker room that you got to address. And these guys are grown men, and I'm sure they'll figure it out. But coming in after a Super Bowl run, after everyone being rah-rah, after everyone being captains and being excited and all this great stuff, uh, you know, that's the one thing that Aqib Tlaib has always been and always will be. He's going to be very straightforward, tell you how he feels. And I'm sure he's going to address this with Todd Gurley. I'm sure he already addressed it with Todd Gurley. But uh, to go on social media, even though he didn't say his name, it's not hard to go back to the flyer to post before and realize, oh, man, that was Todd Gurley and A.B. Todd Gurley was getting tagged in a lot of this. Oh, why are you doing this, Todd? That type of stuff. So I'm curious to see how this plays out. If this is nothing, it's nothing. And I hope it is. But if it's something, not a good start to the 2019 season. Uh, with a little bit of drama there. And yes, well, again, I may be blowing it out of portion, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, Todd, why you got to do our man like that? And really, in my concerns, I saw a lot of comments basically saying, why are you going to cancel the camp? I'm kind of on that side too. You know, I know you promised a couple people, but at the end of the day, you got three NFL stars still going to be there. Uh, the camp is for the kids, continue to do the camp, but that's just my two cents on it. Wanted to share that because, again, I saw it, it felt awkward i guess uh and so we'll see if this ends up being anything or if it gets blown over sooner enough for a team that had very little to no drama last year before the season starts this is probably the most we've seen in a while so dun 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 but that's part of it being a leader you got to put people on blast and you got to hold them accountable for what they say or do and talib is doing that on and off the field and i've always respected him so uh nothing bad to say about talib here but just found it interesting uh, you know, kind of going to social media and not a man of their word. Never a good thing to hear uh, from anybody, but especially your teammate. All right. With that, we're going to be back on the other side with some upbuilding, some positive things, some things that 
we know our team to be true as far as how this team came together. We're going to hear from Andrew Whitworth, his thoughts about when that exact moment was and how that went down. We're also going to start to take a look at some of the sneak peek into our mock draft. If you haven't heard it yet, for those that you have, you may be familiar with some of the clips I'll play. Uh, if not, we're going to kind of touch on that, give you an idea of what the NFC West is thinking in the Lockdown Network and how that's going to play out. All that and more. We're going to step aside, get a couple quick words from some sponsors. We'll be right back. Tuesday edition, Lockdown Rams, right after this. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Tuesday edition Lockdown Rams, your boy Bear breaking it all down. Uh, we started with some of the, eh, let's say, a little negative, a little drama side, a little TMZ for you to get you going on this Tuesday afternoon. And we're going to spin it. We're going to turn it around. I promised you a little bit more of the upside, the positive side. And I was looking through and watching some things, and I saw an interview with Andrew Whitworth on the fair game with Christine Leahy. And she basically asked, when did you know this team was special? You know, make it to the Super Bowl. You had to know this team is good. When did it come together for you? And here's Andrew Whitworth's take on the 2018 Rams and how he knew this team was going to be different. Was there a moment where it hit you this season? You're like, I think we might go to the Super Bowl. I don't know if I thought Super Bowl. Okay. I thought success. And okay. I'll never forget, uh, really, the Oakland game, the very first game of the season. Um, we don't have a great, you know, great out turnout in the first sure. half. I mean, it's not really offensively how we, we think we're going to come out and play. Um, defense, they're getting drove on, but they're not really giving up touchdowns or anything. Just kicked a couple field goals and scored once, I think. And so we're like, hey, we're still in this game. The second half, we come out and flip the whole game, take it over, and Marcus Peters seals the game on an interception for a touchdown. And really, when you go through that offseason, all those additions and all the things that, you know, I'm a big person that I don't, I don't really listen to what people have to say about someone. I develop a relationship with them and then form my opinions about them then, right? Because I can't stand it when people say, you know what, I didn't like you before I met you. And it's like, what That's does that fair. even mean? You know, but you hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. And so really to have an appreciation for these guys and how well we gelled together, it really, it really came to a boiling point to me. When that game ended, we gave Marcus Peters the game ball because he'd returned to Oakland. He'd had that moment at the end of the game. And when he called the team up to end the game and had, you know break it down for us to all go get dressed and head home, you could tell he was emotional. And he stuck his hand up and he said, man, you guys are my family. Aww. And he said, family on three and broke it down. 
And when he did that, I knew then and there, I already knew we were a talented football team. I knew we had a lot of potential, but I realized at that moment we were, we were tight and we, we had a group that believed yeah. in one another. And that to me is the special force you can't buy. You can pay yeah. for anything you want in free agency. You can spend it all. You can trade it all. You can't buy culture. And no. to feel that culture in that room at that moment, I knew something was special. That was Andrew Whitworth on the 2018 season. The guys, he said it best at the very end. You can't buy culture. Those guys came together in that week one win in Oakland. Again, you know, we, we thought this offense was going to be powerful coming in. That first half did not look very powerful. They came together, got it on track, turned it around, and then a big play by a newcomer to seal it. And again, all these those questions when we got Akeeb and when we got Peters about how will they fit and Sue and all these characters, quote-unquote characters, coming in. And right away, this team said, I don't care what the outside noise is. Going through camp, learning about each other, uh, became a family really quick. Seeing how emotional Marcus Peters was after a game in his hometown, making a big play to basically seal the game. Uh, huge moments like that early in the season really helped propel this team uh, to an amazing, amazing season and a Super Bowl run. All right, so we're back. We're back. These boys are tight. It's going to take a lot more than a little social media post to kind of upset that bunch. So a lot of key veterans still on this team, a lot of new newcomers coming to this team, but with great veteran leadership. We talk about Weddle, a guy that can really step in from day one. If you guys didn't get a chance to see when the schedule re was released, Eric Weddle was sitting there with Aaron Donald and Johnny Hecker. So to bring a newcomer in, to be there for that moment, obviously you know that he's going to have an impact on this group as well. And then Clay Matthews, another guy, maybe not the most vocal leader, but a guy that's going to show you with his play, his effort on and off the field, in the weight room, is going to really be able to bring something to this team as far as veteran leadership as well. So not worried about this team and what they're, what they're going to do and how they're going to gel again throughout camp, getting into the preseason and then into the regular season. So Good stuff there. Well, as promised, let's take a listen in to the mock draft special we did on Locked On NFL. And we're going to listen in to uh, the Seattle Seahawks and their pick. And as we are talking, because again, I'm recording here on Tuesday about 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific time, just saw a breaking news. And it's not really happened yet or gone through, but we know Frank Clark was franchise tagged by the Seahawks after the big Russell Wilson payday. They started to kind of rumors floating around that they're going to try to get rid of Frank Clark. They just don't have the money long term for him, especially as they have other uh, needs on, on that team. So they were looking to get rid of him and potentially get something big for him. So I actually saw this from U Stadium on Instagram. If you don't follow him, pretty good follow for some NFL news. But they have a breaking news. And this is not really breaking because it's still in deep trade talks, it says. But Seahawks and Chiefs are in deep talks on a trade to send Frank Clark to Kansas City for a first and a 2020 second round swap of the mid-rounder. So basically a first round pick and then the Chiefs and the Seahawks would swap their second round picks. That's what the Seahawks were looking for is a first round pick. Obviously the Chiefs don't have one of those top 15 picks, but later in the second half of that first round, but it's a first rounder. Gets them off the books as far as having to pay Frank Clark, which is something that there you know, is a big concern for them. Obviously, that wasn't happening uh, when we did the mock draft, but let's check in with Seattle and see what they're going to do with their own pick here in the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. So now we are at pick 21, the Seattle Seahawks on the clock. Where could the Seahawks go here? We talked about the best available. No wide receivers have been selected yet. 
Still a couple of offensive linemen worth drafting here at the end of the first round. Byron Murphy, a guy you liked for the Steelers, still out there on the board. Uh, Still some very talented players left in this mock draft. Yeah, there absolutely are. And really what we saw in those first 19 picks were two quarterbacks, you know, and, and certainly there could be more. A lot of front seven talent that affects the passing game, and two, including two linebackers, the Devons, Bush, and White, that are very good in coverage and rangy guys and pass rushers. And then we saw a run on offensive linemen on our last show, which I think is a really good chance to happen. But that leaves a lot of defensive backs and a lot of wide receivers on the board. And I could see the Seahawks going either way. I mean, they, they Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, they're no longer there. There's no, the Legion of Boom is not the same. They, too, need pass rushers. A guy like Jerry Tillery would make some sense. Um, they need some edge help as well. Um, Doug Baldwin's been dealing with injuries. They could use a wide receiver. So there's a lot of directions this team could go. Absolutely, and it's a team that's sort of trying to rebuild as they contend. Let's jump to the Seahawks draft room. Jeff Floyd with the selection. This is Jeff Lloyd, host of the Locked On Browns podcast. Uh, obviously, as the Cleveland Browns don't have a selection in this draft, in this first round, I'll take over for the Seattle Seahawks who need a little assistance here. So with pick 21 in the Locked On NFL mock draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, versatile defensive back, nickel safety at the University of Florida. Um, great range. Um, once he was brought closer to the line of scrimmage, um, it really excelled and uh, had him take off as a player. Um, very, you know, he takes his angles very well. His pursuit angle is excellent with that. Um, he sh- does show some ability where he can still play deeper in coverage, creates a lot of contact on impact, able to separate the ball of a receiver w- without much issue. He's very good in that respect. Um, he's a better zone defender than he is a man defender. Sometimes gets caught by double moves, but look, you know, the way that some of these athletes are nowadays, you can kind of understand that. That's something he's going to work with. A uh, quick athlete guy. Footwork is fantastic. Um, improved tackler as he was given the big nickel role in 18. He played a little deeper, uh, you know, 10 to 12 yards off the line of scrimmage in 17. Now that he is closer to the line of scrimmage in 18, you know, more the, uh, you know, the 5 to 10 yard range showed very well. Tight ends, running backs, and he was able to take them down with ease. Um, easy selection here for a team facing, facing three young, strong signal callers year in, year out in the NFC West. Now that you have Russell Wilson taken care of, uh, wide receiver could have been something you would address. Um, just the way the board stacks here, it's not really the best avenue for them to go. Plus, Seattle's never really made their living going that high on the wide receiver position. They'll get some help there with a bunch of running backs, but the biggest issue with this this team was in the secondary and in the safety position. Um, it needed really a jolt and a lightning bolt, and you're going to get that with a young man with the capabilities of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at the University of Florida, the 21st selection in the locked-on NFL draft to the Seattle Seahawks. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Uh, he's got a lot of, it's a mouthful of a name to say, super athletic <laughs> player. Uh, he can cover. He's got range as a safety. He could play a little cornerback as well. And I think he's a player that absolutely fits what the Seahawks like to do. And so I think the scheme fit is where this pick makes the most sense. Yeah, I mentioned, you know, Chancellor and Thomas are gone. I would say he's closer to Chancellor than Thomas, but he's not a killer linebacker like Chancellor was. I mean, he can play the slot. He has a little more man coverage skills, more of a modern-day version, but he also can play deep. I mean, he's a versatile guy, and there's a lot of those. There's a lot of the, you know, the safety class. There's three or four at the top that can do a lot of things well, and he's every bit as good as any of them. So it's a position need. Again, I think it's a pretty safe pick. There's a lot of things he can contribute on this defense. 
21 might be a smidge early for him, but I can understand it. We heard from Travis Wingfield, the host of Locked on Dolphins, making the selection of Dwayne Haskins at pick 13 earlier on in this mock. He is our defensive backs expert, and there haven't been a ton of DBs selected yet in this mock, but we might have a run happening right now. Let's jump to Travis, who's going to break down the pick of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to Seattle. Thank you, Brian. And it is definitely now the post-Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas era in Seattle. Bradley McDougal had a nice year in 2019, and the Seahawks looked to pair him with a top safety off the board in this year's class, and they got it right with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. The Florida product is versatile as all get out. He can play the single high center field role of your defense, now vastly vacated by Earl Thomas. He can come down and cover the slot, and that's actually his best trait at Florida, playing that sticky man coverage in what is the toughest position on the defense at slot cornerback. He has explosive change of direction skills, whether it's in the back pedal, going laterally, or pulling his trigger and going forward. He's 5'11", 207 pounds. He leaves Gainesville with nine career picks in three seasons, and there should be no questions about his ability or willingness to come down and tackle as he made nine tackles for loss in addition to three sacks last season. So you also know he can blitz off the edge. If you want to see him at his best, check out his tape against Michigan last season. A terrific pick here for the Seattle Seahawks. Well, there you have it. Chauncey Gardner Johnson to the Seahawks in the mock draft. And just like that, I said it was a breaking news report. It is now official. The NFL has tweeted it out and put it up on Instagram. The Seahawks have agreed to trade Dean Frank Clark to the Chiefs for a first-round pick in this year's draft and a swap of 2020s. Obviously, the Chiefs had moved on from a few guys defensively. Adding Frank Clark is a great get for them. Their defense was the struggle last year. They were putting up points left and right, but they were also giving up points left and right. They had trouble getting to the quarterback. Now they add a guy like Frank Clark, who that is his specialty coming out of Seattle. And the Seahawks get another first-round pick. Much needed for a team that has a lot of holes to fill. All right, well, we're going to step aside. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Third segment, we're going to hear more from the Lockdown Draft Special. We're going to close it out with a few looking ahead till tomorrow's episode with Jake Ellenbogen. Tuesday Lockdown Rams, more right after this. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment, Tuesday edition, Lockdown Rams. Sorry for the late drop here on the Tuesday, but it is Tuesday morning as I record, so it doesn't get more fresh than this. 
We just broke the news of the Frank Clark trade. Expecting to hear more of those as we get closer. There's a few guys you got to keep your eyes on, as well as once we get into the draft, what's going to happen with Rosen? There's a lot of talks about him. He's been very open coming out of Arizona, talking about that this whole process is frustrating. You know, he's the first one in the building, last one to leave. He said all he can do right now is prove to them that I am the guy. If they don't believe it, they're going to have to move on from me. But the frustration is starting to settle in with all the questions. But as we get closer, you're starting to hear reports that they may not take Murray at one. So we have no clue what's going to happen. And then you got the Oakland Raiders who have sent home the whole scouting team. Kind of unheard of at this point to send everybody home. They sent them home for Easter and basically said, eh, you know, don't come back. It's basically going to be just the coach and the GM, Gruden and Mike Mayock doing the draft. Obviously, they're still going to have their guys if there needs to be contact for trades and things like that. But pretty interesting as the Raiders hold that number four pick and three in the first round. So obviously, we know they made that big trade for Khalil Mack to the Bears and shipped off Amari Cooper. They are in full rebuild. They are in full rebuild mode, and we'll see if it's with Derek Carr, if it's with another quarterback. I mean, if if Kyler Murray does drop to four, uh, that's going to be tough for the Raiders to pass on that. But I think if Arizona passes on Murray, you're going to see a team like the Giants trade up to try to get him before that pick gets to the Oakland Raiders. So lots of things happening and will continue to happen on draft week. And you can hear a lot of this here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Don't forget to check us out on the new streaming app Himalaya, as well as Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. You can also reach out to us at Lockdown Rams, LA underscore Rambling Bear, and follow the channel, Lockdown NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram. It pulls a feed from all of the hosts. So you get all the NFL news in one feed that's locked on NFL net. Also for the NBA version, because it's playoff time, locked on NBA net is theirs as well as, you know, checking out the locked on Clippers. They finally are making a push here. They got one win. They got a game tonight. We'll see if they can squeeze out one more or this thing is over. Well, I thought I'd end this thing with hearing from what the Rams did in the locked on mock draft from yours truly, Mr. Bear Motter. We had a lot of options. A lot of our favorite guys went flying off the board right in front of us. Sitting in the war room was tough trying to figure out, do we want to go O-line? Do we want to push and go there? Do we want to reach and maybe get a safety, even though a top few of the top safeties were off the board? A lot of questions, a lot of needs, and here's what I did at pick number 31. What's going on, NFL fans? This is Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and I'm bringing it inside the LA Rams war room. I've got Les Snead and Sean McVay with me. Well, actually, they just stepped out really quick to hit the vending machine. It's been a long day, so I thought I'd bring you behind the scenes to explain how it all went down at number 31 for the Los Angeles Rams in this year's draft. And as that 31st pick got closer and closer, it was starting to become new territory for the Rams as they haven't had a first-round draft pick in three years. You remember Jared Goff went number one overall back in 2006. We had to give up a 2017 first-round pick as part of that trade. And even last year, trading our first-round pick to New England for Brandon Cooks, I'd say that trade worked out so far. But as for this year, we had a short list of players we are interested in. We felt good at 31. Our needs were pretty clear coming into this draft. We felt like we needed to add some depth at D-line. Someone's got to help out Aaron Donald. Remember, this team had 41 total sacks last year, which ranked about 15th in the league. 20 and a half of those sacks came from Aaron Donald. My man needs a little more help up front. 
Also, Indomitian Sue leaving, there seems to be a void that we need to fill there. And with guys like Christian Wilkins, Montez Sweat, and Celan Farrell going earlier in the draft, our D-line board started to shrink. We had hope as Jerry Tillery was still around just a few picks away. He was taken by the Chargers, so kind of scrapped the idea of going D-line prospect or edge prospect. The Rams also have an interest in adding some depth at cornerback and safety. We saw Aqib Tlaib went down last year, and the secondary seemed to struggle without him. Also, Peterson and Tlaib are coming in their final year as a Ram. Eric Weddle signed a two-year deal at the end of his career. But again, as picks got closer, a lot of those top prospects went off the board. Greedy Williams at 20 to Pittsburgh. Really started to get excited and as Byron Murphy started to fall. Cornerback out of Washington, he went at 27 to the Raiders. And then we shifted to the safety focus. Jonathan Abrams went the pick before to the Colts. And my personal favorite safety of the draft, Nasir Adderley, went at 29, just a few picks before. Again, with the cornerback and safety position being so deep in this draft, we decided not to reach. So coming into this draft, we knew if we didn't love the guy at 31, trading back was going to be value to us. And that's when we decided to start picking up the phone. We were a few picks away. Kansas City had just picked Nasir Adderley. Green Bay was on the clock. We started making phone calls. We knew that the Jags were interested in coming back up into the first round. Couldn't get a deal done. And as Green Bay was making their pick, we were on the phone with the GM, Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers. And we said, hey, man, I got to get something done here. I need to make some movement. And he offered me their second round pick number 44, as well as 114 and 118 in the fourth round for our 31st pick. I tried to get a little bit more value as I wanted to get another pick in the third. Remember, we've got two picks in the third right now. He wasn't having it, and he kind of put it back on my plate and said, hey, I'm dealing with Mark Schofield, locked on Patriots, who's sitting right behind you. He has basically agreed to this trade in principle. It's either you or Mark that gets these picks. You make the decision. So with the Rams' 31st overall pick, we traded it to the Packers for a second round 44, as well as 114 and 118 in the fourth round. That gives the Rams nine picks in this year's draft, a second round, two third rounds, three fourth rounds, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. Don't forget to tune in to Locked On Rams Monday through Friday as we break down all the things leading up to the NFL draft and post-draft as we look at who the Rams got, how they fit in for the 2019 season, and more. Also on Twitter at LA underscore Rambling Bear and Locked On Rams. Bear Motter signing out live from the War Room in Los Angeles. Well, there you have it. That was my breakdown of the 31st pick. I am team hashtag tradeback. Yep, that's right. I'm looking for more picks in this draft. Maybe there's a guy that falls in the real draft that will be exciting. And the Rams just can't pass him up and pick at 31. Probably won't be mad at that. But let's need those boys, man. You watching how they've been moving picks around the last few years, even trading uh, multiple picks to move back or move forward or get extra picks. They've been pretty active when it comes to, uh, you know, not being afraid to pull the trigger on a draft pick as far as trade goes. So I think trading back, even though I basically move back 12 picks to pick up two fourth round picks, I just think that they pick so well in those rounds three through six, that extra picks there and having faith that they can find players is a better solution than maybe reaching on a guy at 31 or taking a guy that's banged up that's going to sit out most of the year or going best available. I think the best thing is to get more pieces. But we'll see. You never know. Less needs, done crazier things.
Maybe we move up and find somebody. We'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow with Jake Ellenbogen as we get finally prepared for the last couple days before the NFL draft. But that's it for today. Lockdown Rams Tuesday. Don't forget to follow us. Lockdown Rams, LA underscore Rambling Bear. Hit us up. Let us know what you think about the NFL Lockdown Podcast Mock Draft. Let us know what you thought. We always appreciate reviews on iTunes. Helps us populate higher into uh, the network. So appreciate that as well. But you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.